Welcome to Creative Biolabs Science Channel. Creative Biolabs is a specialized contract research organization supporting mRNA studies with all-round solutions covering mRNA synthesis, modification, and mRNA therapeutics development. With an unwavering pursuit of innovation and lifelong learning, we keep on producing podcast series related to mRNA technology based on our knowledge and practical experience gained through years of exploration in this area. Subscribe to our channel and keep updated with our podcasts. Good evening, dear friends. It's great to have you here with us. In today's show, we invited David to our program. Thanks for joining us, David. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very excited to be here. Today, we are going to discuss immunotherapy, one of the cancer treatments that has caught the attention of many. Compared to conventional cancer treatment strategies, with the development of life sciences and biotechnologies, these therapies have made great progress. David, can you give us a brief review of traditional cancer treatments and immunotherapy? Yes. As we have mentioned many times before on this show, there are many ways to treat cancer, and which way to choose really depends on two factors, the type of cancer and the severity of cancer. The most basic and common method is surgery, removing cancers from the patient's body. And we have radiotherapy, which is a kind of cancer treatment that uses high doses of radiation to kill cancer cells and reduce tumor size. Chemotherapy, or more often it is referred to as chemo, kills cancer cells with drugs. Each of these more traditional treatments is disadvantageous when compared to the more novel immunotherapy. Immunotherapy is a treatment designed to fight cancer by helping your own immune system. The latest research on targeted therapy focuses on the stimulating factors that promote the growth, division, and spread of cancer cells. Some cancers, such as breast cancer and prostate cancer, can be affected and controlled by endocrine therapy so that cancer develops slower or even stops growing. DNA precision therapy is to study the pathogenesis of patients from the perspective of DNA genetics. Then the doctor chooses the personal characteristics and the treatment method that is most likely to help the patient. In terms of immunotherapy, immunologists have been focusing on improving the ability of the immune system to mediate tumor regression for decades. Why has the relationship between the immune system and cancer treatment received so much attention? So far, there is no single cell sensing mechanism that can detect the emerging tumor cells. Just as it happens, the immune system offers such an opportunity. So it's a general belief that immunotherapy may provide clinical benefits for cancer patients. Many strategies have been considered, such as therapeutic vaccination. I've seen reports that great progress has been made in improving the efficacy of therapeutic anti-cancer vaccines. Dendritic cells seem to be the biggest hero here. Why do researchers focus on dendritic cells? Well, there are several reasons. Dendritic cells have been identified as having a key role in coordinating the primary immune response. And they are considered to be the most attractive candidate for active immunity against cancer, because they can effectively present and cross-present antigens. And they can also stimulate CD4 plus T helper cells and CD8 plus cytotoxic T cells. But many types of cells can present antigens. Why do dendritic cells stand out? Because when compared with other antigen-presenting cells, such as macrophages or B-cells, 
Dendritic cells can stimulate immature and memory T cells and produce immune memory. In addition, it is feasible to isolate monocytes from the blood of cancer patients and differentiate them into enough dendritic cells for clinical trials. These monocyte-derived dendritic cells can stimulate T cells in vitro. In order to use dendritic cells to achieve the purpose of immunotherapy, we must have a very clear understanding of their life cycle. Can you briefly go over their life cycle? Sure. We usually divide the life cycle of dendritic cells into two stages, immature and mature stages. Cells in these two stages have their own characteristics. Immature dendritic cells are located in the periphery and are specialized in antigen recognition and uptake. Once receiving the danger signal, dendritic cells will undergo several morphological, phenotypic, and functional changes, and then transformed into mature dendritic cells. During this transformation, dendritic cells reduce the uptake of antigen. In contrast, the processing of antigens increased. And the presentation of major histocompatibility complex, class 1 and 2 molecules and the expression of some receptors, will also increase. The migration of mature dendritic cells to lymph nodes is mediated by some factors. And in lymph nodes, they can stimulate T cells to recognize and kill epitopes in antigens picked up from the periphery. So after antigens are processed and presented by dendritic cells, the acquired immune system is activated? How to inform T cells to have an immune response? You're right. To obtain an adaptive immune response, three main signals need to be transmitted to T cells. The first signal is that human leukocyte antigen peptide complexes need to be presented by dendritic cells and recognized by receptors on T cells. Note here that only fully mature dendritic cells can activate specific T cells by simultaneously providing appropriate costimulatory signals to T cells. This is the second signal. In response to T cell receptor signaling, helper T cells upregulate the level of CD40. Dendritic cells can interact with its receptor CD40. This leads to a third necessary signal, which is the cytokine secretion to drive an adaptive immune response to helper T cell 1. After that, cytotoxic T lymphocytes are induced to become mature cells. That's fascinating. I read a report that dacarbazine is a traditional chemotherapy drug for patients with stage for melanoma. Is dendritic cell-mediated immunotherapy better than dacarbazine? Not really. We all know the key role of dendritic cells in generating a strong immune response, and this is the reason that the number of phase 1 and 2 clinical trials using tumor antigen-loaded dendritic cells is gradually increasing. But unfortunately, so far, dendritic cells immunotherapy with major histocompatibility complex class 1 and 2 restricted peptides has not proved to be more effective than dacarbazine. But the research on dendritic cell immunotherapy has been going on for a while. Why is it still not fully elucidated? Well, we know its clinical response is limited. Moreover, due to the differences among many studies, the actual key parameters or predictive markers for the successful use of dendritic cells in cancer immunotherapy have not been determined. The generation of dendritic cells, the form and source of antigen, the strategy of loading antigen, its mature and activated state, and the dose, root and scheme of dendritic cells administration are all the variables that lead to the results that are difficult to integrate.
That's why data on dendritic cell immunotherapy is still inconclusive. I see. Is the type of dendritic cells important? Definitely important. It plays a key role in determining the quality and quantity of the immune response. There are different precursors and differentiation methods to produce dendritic cells in vitro. What is the source of dendritic cells in clinical trials? And how do we get these cells? I will take the clinical trial of messenger RNA-loaded dendritic cells as an example. In this case, only non-proliferative blood monocyte-derived dendritic cells were used. And leukopheresis was used to obtain peripheral blood mononuclear cells from patients because one leukopheresis produces enough peripheral blood mononuclear cells to produce enough dendritic cells for vaccination, even in children. Also, the body pressure caused by leukopheresis is relatively small. Can you introduce the general steps of this cell acquisition method? Yeah. The first step in the treatment of leukopheresis products is the removal of contaminated red blood cells and platelets. To achieve this, we can use washing or density gradient centrifugation. Peripheral blood monocytes are then enriched from peripheral blood mononuclear cells. The most common is through plastic adhesion. After that, how to get a large number of dendritic cells? Cell factories are commonly used. According to good manufacturing practice, or you often hear GMP, a large number of dendritic cells can be generated in a closed system. This is a prerequisite for clinical trials. But this method has some disadvantages. It requires a lot of media, growth factors, and incubator space. And the inefficient separation of dendritic cells from the plastic wall may lead to cell loss. To overcome these disadvantages, we have seen other technologies been developed, such as magnetic cell separation, and then suspension culture in air-permeable Teflon bags. Sounds like getting dendritic cells for clinical use could be easier with so many new methods that can be put into use. Thanks again, David, for joining us. Thanks everyone for listening. We will be back with more discussion on immunotherapy.